Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning how to recognize the voice of God. I believe that the Word of God is the greatest measuring tool to see whether it's God or not that's speaking to you because if any voice contradicts what's already been stated in the Word of God, then you can be assured of this. It was not God. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church and president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. As we start a new year, I think this is an appropriate message. How do we uh, tune our ears to the voice of God? Yes, you know, I think it's one of the most important messages because it's the Word of God, it's the voice of God that makes a difference in our life. And so if you are going into the new year, uh, one of the things that you need to wrestle with right from the beginning is, God, how do I know it's you? How do I hear your voice? How do I seek after your voice? How do I position myself in a place where I'm hearing you, Father, that you're speaking to me and I'm responding? One of the most important choices that you make this year is positioning yourself to hear the voice of God and doing something about it. Among all those New Year's resolutions, let's resolve to listen to God's voice. To get started on today's message, Discerning the Voice of God, here's Mark Job on Bold Steps Weekend. So whether it's a voice from the past, whether it's our own inner struggle voice, whether it's a voice from the dark spirit world, or whether it's a voice from the Holy Spirit, we have to be able to distinguish what is your clear voice, God. I'm convinced that one of the first lessons that we have to learn is we have to learn to listen for God. You see, you're never going to hear God unless you choose to try to listen for his voice. And I'm convinced that we typically hear the things that we're listening for. Have you ever been to a restaurant where they tell you, they give you a buzzer and they say, you have to wait until your name is called. They give you a number. And so when they speak on the loudspeaker, you're listening for your number because you're hungry. And you want to make sure you get there. You might want to make sure you don't miss it. So when the loudspeaker speaks, you listen every time. Why? Because you know that your number is going to be called. You're attentive to that. I go in and out of airports a lot. They have the worst sound system in the world, echoing. And when I'm catching a flight and I hear something over the loudspeaker, I listen because I want to make sure my flight's not delayed or they haven't changed the gate number. So I'm attentive to what they're saying because I'm interested in what they're saying. The same it is with the voice of God. Some of us are not hearing God because we're really not listening for God. We're not attentive to what he has to say. I heard of two men that were walking down a busy street in New York. And one of them came from the country. The other one was a city dweller. And they were walking and talking down this busy street 
Taxis were honking their horns. People were chatter, chattering. There was the noise of merchants selling and buying things, just like any busy city, the hustle and bustle of noise. And suddenly one of the men stopped and said, listen, do you hear that? I hear a cricket. And he said, a cricket? I mean, how can you hear a cricket in the middle of New York City with all the rest of the noise? How can you tell it's a cricket? And he stopped and the guy was having a hard time hearing the cricket, but he said, I hear it. So without even explaining why he heard the cricket, he took a couple coins out of his pocket and as they walked, he threw it in the air and those pennies dropped on the ground and suddenly about 10 people stopped and looked to see where that money was. And his friends told him, we listen, we hear what we're interested in hearing. And so it is with God. If you're interested in hearing God, I believe that God will speak to you. But I believe you have to learn to distinguish his voice. So I'm going to give you four filters in how to make sure it's God's voice and not some other voice that's speaking to you today. And I want to turn your attention to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6 of John chapter 10. I'll begin reading in verse 3. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize his voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Word of God, you may be seated. So the first thing I want you under to understand in grasping the voice of God is that people that hear God are people that are willing to listen for God and have made it a priority to listen to what God is saying. Jesus is speaking to his disciples in John chapter 10. He's, he's comparing us to sheep and he's explaining a little bit how sheep hear the voice of their shepherd. Now, this last trip in Spain, I spoke at the dedication of a building, as I mentioned to you, which was in the city of Burgos, B-U-R-G-O-S. I happened to grow up in a small town outside of Burgos called Rubena, a city about 13, uh, a town about 13 kilometers outside of Burgos, a very small village, 200 people. The streets were unpaved. It was dirt streets. When it rained, it got very muddy. My telephone number was, I still remember it, it was eight. <laughs> there was a switchboard operator that served also as a waitress in the bar up on the highway that would uh, plug in and plug out phones, and we'd have to make sure she was not serving tables before we could make a phone call. I went to a one-room schoolhouse with, one teacher that taught all 35 children from kindergarten to seventh grade. So in this little town, my best friend was the son of a shepherd. 
His name was Jose Luis. And so I learned a lot about sheep because his father, who was the town shepherd, he was the typical quintessential picture of a shepherd. Very dark tan from being out in the in the fields day and night, deep wrinkles in his face. He was always bundled up and he always had a stick that he walked with. And it was his job every day to take out literally about 400 sheep out into the hills. Now, the way that it worked is many families in the village that I lived in had a cluster of sheep. Some of them had 50, some of them had 30, some of them had 100. And so all the sheep would come together. They were each branded according to the family that owned them. And they would go out to the hills and they would spend their entire day out in the hills. And at night, they would come back into the village. Now, the problem was that all these sheep had to be separated into different corrals. And so I watched as the owner of the sheep, they had a certain whistle, a certain call that the sheep in their pen would recognize. And so as the sheep marched through the middle of town, uh, one of the owners would whistle or holler out and the sheep that were a part of his cluster would hear his voice and they would make their way over to their corral and the sheep would be separated that way. Because a sheep hears the voice of the shepherd and hears and understands who their shepherd is. Now, Jesus is explaining this because in the days of Jesus, it worked similar to that. They would build a corral out of rocks, out of rocks that they would pile onto one another, and they would put the sheep in there at night for safety. The shepherd would sleep at the entrance of the corral. There was only one way in and one way out. The shepherd would sleep there to make sure that no thief would get in to rob any of the sheep. Now, when the sheep would go out... Each family had their own call, and they would call the sheep out. They would, they would make their own call to the sheep, and the sheep would recognize the voice of their shepherd and be separated that way. If a stranger would try to call them out, they would not recognize his voice. The only way that a stranger could get in, he would have to climb over the wall and try to steal the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. When I call the sheep that are mine, they hear my voice and they recognize my voice and they follow after me. If a stranger comes and calls them, they don't recognize his voice. The only way he can get them to follow him, he's got to come and steal them. I want to talk to you about that today because that's an important, powerful principle, recognizing the voice of the shepherd of your soul. Now there's four filters I want to give you to screen through whether it's the voice of God or someone else's voice. And I'm going to look at several scriptures in order to help you discover these four principles of understanding, is this really God speaking to me or is this someone or something else speaking to me? First of all, I think you need to understand you have to examine, examine, examine. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14 says, And the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them to speak to them. 
They are prophesying to you lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. God is saying of the prophets in Jeremiah's time that these men were standing up and saying that they were speaking on God's behalf, but they weren't. They were lying. They were deceiving. It really wasn't God. And so we have to be able to discern and distinguish, hey, is it God or is it not God that's speaking? By the way, and I'll get to that in a moment, but I believe one of the most sure ways to find out whether it's God or not is that we have to understand what the Bible or Scripture has to say. You need to be a student of the Word. That's why I encourage you when you come to this church, bring your Bible. There's a lot of ways of bringing the Bible nowadays. You can bring a book called the Bible. Uh, now we have it on our smartphones or an iPad or whatever it may be, but I want you to bring your Bible. Why? Because here's the thing. You say, well, pastor, I trust what you say, and I'm glad you trust me. I hope I've earned your trust. But I want you to get in the habit of testing everybody that teaches the Word of God to make sure they're preaching and teaching the Word. I want you to know the Word. I want you to know how to use your Bible. I want you know, to know how to look up a passage in your Bible. I want you to begin to learn what the 66 books of the Bible have to say and uh, study it and learn it and gain it because the Word of God is one of the most powerful tools to distinguish the voice of God. Well, there's more to Mark Job's message, and we'll get into it in just a moment as you stay with us here on Bold Steps Weekend. Did you know that you can hear this program every weekend right here in your local radio station and online 24 hours a day? You can even access these messages through your smart speakers at home or in the office. To learn more about all the different ways you can listen to these bold Bible-based messages, just visit our website at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's go back into the second half of today's program, titled, Discerning the Voice of God. Here's Mark Job again on Bold Steps Weekend. Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 through 9, the Apostle Paul is warning the believers and says, but if we, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've already preached to you, let him be accursed. In other words, he's saying, the word of God already has the message of God. If you had a vision of an angel and a bright shining angel showed up to you in the middle of the night and you had this incredible vision and this angel gave you a message that was contrary to the word of God, then be sure of this. You may have had a vision, but it was not a vision that came from God. It was a vision that came from the dark side because let it be accursed if it goes contrary to the word that's already been spoken and written. Amen? Know the Bible. So, I want to give you four filters. Filter number one. If you're here today saying... Pastor, I'm at a crossroads. I have a decision to make. I'm not really sure if it's God, my own mind, my own imagination, or someone else's voice. I want to make sure I do what's right. Filter number one to distinguish the inner voice. Screen it or filter it through the written word. 
F.B. Meyer said, The written word is the wire along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is hushed and the attention is fixed. The word of God. That's why when you come to church on Sunday morning or you go to one of our Bible studies that we have, you will discover that we're not talking about philosophies that great philosophers have written. We're not studying Plato, Aristotle. We're not studying the minds of the great scientists of the world around us. There's a place for that. There's university classes for that. There's a lot of knowledge that we can gain or learn. But when you come to this place, you are studying the Word of God, the written, inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. Why? You can go to a lot of other places to learn philosophy. You can sign up to a community college to learn science. You can study a lot of history at a lot of places. But when you come to this place, you're going to learn the Word, the Word of God. I believe that the Word of God is the measuring, one of the, the greatest measuring tool to see whether it's God or not that's speaking to you because the Bible says that the Word is the inspired, living Word of God. If any voice contradicts what's already been stated in the Word of God, then you can be assured of this. It was not God. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19 and 20 says, When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, he says, then go to the law, which is the Word, and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. What Isaiah was telling is that people in his day were saying, I want to hear from God. And so they were going to psychics, mediums, palm readers, astrologers. They were saying, I'm going to the spirit world because I want to hear what God has to say. And maybe God will speak to me through some palm reading or psychic reader. I want you to know this. You can drive into certain neighborhoods in Chicago, go down the street, and you will see advertisements, psychic reader. If you go into that place and stop and you pay some money, you'll have someone there that'll say, let me see your hand. Let me look at your lines. Let me cast some cards. Let me put some leaves. There's incense. There may be even be a picture of Jesus hanging on the wall or a statue of Mary in the corner. They may blow smoke over you. They may crack an egg on your stomach, or whatever happens there. Some of you know you're like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and you say, well, Pastor, I just want to hear what God is saying to me. I want to get a glimpse into the future. I'm confused, and so I'm going to hear what the spirits have to say. Here's what the Bible has to say about that. Listen, I know some of your families grew up doing that, and your aunt went there, and you say, well, I had a cousin that went to one, and the, and the, 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 the psychic said, you're going to get in an accident. Sure enough, the, week, the next week, they were in an accident. Here's what I want you to know. Listen to me well. Any spiritist, medium, psychic, channeler, astrologer, that seeks to tap into the spirit world without, without going through the word of God and the Holy Spirit, listen, it's not of God. Not of God. 
Not of God at all. In fact, when you go down that route, you are opening yourself up to an influence that may be hard to close. It's a spiritual influence, but not the spirit of God. Do you remember the story when in the Bible, the, uh, the apostle Peter was traveling around and he was doing miracles and there was a young girl that had been that, that had been hired by businessmen because she was a, she had the spirit of divination inside of her. In other words, she had the ability to see into the future. And so when, when, when the apostle came around, she started declaring and following them and said, these are men of God and follow them. And finally the apostle had enough and he turned to her and he said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And immediately the young girl, the spirit of divination left her and she lost the ability to tell the future. But listen, it wasn't the spirit of God that indwelt her. It was an evil, dark spirit that indwelt her. And that evil, dark spirit would lead people astray and it may open up a door. But once you have your foot in that door, there's an influence in your life that you want to stop and curtail. I remember sitting down with one young man quite a few years ago. And he had three DUIs, so they had taken away his license. And he came to me one day and he said, Pastor, I believe it's God's will that I should drive to church. And I believe it's God's will that I should be involved in ministry. And I can't get to ministry and I can't get to home group and I can't get to church unless I drive a car. So I'm thinking that it's God's will that I get a fake license. Uh, hold on, buddy. I think you should be in church too. And I think you should go to Bible study as well. And I think those are good things. But, but, but let me ask you this. Does your solution violate a command of scripture? The Bible says thou shalt not bear false witness. And so if your solution contradicts a command of scripture, then you could be sure of this. It is not of God. So you can't say, well, it's God's will that I go down and, and buy a fake driver's license. I, I know you know where to pick one up for 50 bucks, but no, it's not God's will, even to go to church, because it violates a command of Scripture. When your solution or your choice violates a command of Scripture, you can be sure that it's not of God, that it's the wrong choice or the wrong voice that you're hearing. Secondly, does it contradict a principle of Scripture? Sometimes it's not a command that's clear, but there's a principle that's implied. There's a difference between a command and a principle. A command is very clear about a certain, a, a, a certain uh, objective. A principle is broader. You have to apply it to life. So the principle is when I'm going to get into a strong, bonded commitment that I should do so with another believer, not with someone that does not share my belief in God and my faith. An important standard to take with us into the new year. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching of Mark Job. And we still have more to cover in this foundational topic, so we hope you'll join us again next weekend. In the meantime, if you'd like to go back and catch up on previous lessons in our series, Hearing God, you can do that by downloading the Moody Radio app to your mobile phone or smart device. You can also subscribe to our podcast or listen to the program directly from our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Now, while you're online, be sure to check out our latest Bold Action gift. 
Here's Mark one more time to tell us more about it. When you pray, do you feel confident, bold, and inspired? Do you approach God with excitement, anticipating real change in the wake of your prayers? Or do you feel a little shaky, unmotivated, and unsure of what to say and how to say it? Well, this year, you'll have a unique opportunity to experience a breakthrough in your prayer life. Starting this month, we're offering a book called A Journey to Victorious Praying, Finding Discipline and Delight in Your Prayer Life. My friend, Dr. Bill Thrasher, has written this empowering guide that will help you take practical steps towards a deeper and more meaningful prayer life. It's not just a book about why you should pray. It's a map for how to pray in ways that actually bring you closer to God. This year, I want you to see the full potential of your prayer life. So request your copy of this bold action gift today. We'll send you a copy of A Journey to Victorious Praying when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can talk with us on the phone when you call 866-535-5580 or sign up online. We've made giving simple and easy at boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional. It's called The Bold Stepper Weekly. It brings you a fresh perspective from God's Word each Monday morning filled with insight, encouragement, and helpful ways to apply Scripture to your day-to-day life. It's delivered Monday morning straight to your inbox absolutely free with no cost or obligation. So sign up today online and be ready for the next edition by going to boldstepsweekend.org. And that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd on behalf of Mark Job and the entire team. I want to wish you a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.